Hey there, fellow nerd. Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge, the podcast for the creative soul. I'm your host, Steph Pham. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. We really try to share stories here with the goal to inspire you to pursue your passions. Make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform for more inspirational content. You can also chat with us on Instagram and Twitter at Popner Lounge. Today's guest is a culinary savant for our special Thanksgiving episode. You might recognize her from BuzzFeed's Tasty series such as Tasty 101, I Cook, You Draw, and most recently, Chef Out of Water. Her writing has been featured on Eater, First We Feast, The Last Magazine, Sea Magazine, and Bashed. Her original recipes can be found on Tasty, Tasting Table, and Brightland. Please give a warm welcome to my lovely guest, Alexis Naboshnik. Welcome to Popner Lounge. My guest today is Alexis Deboshnik. Alexis, thank you so much for joining me on my show. You're so welcome. So happy to be doing this. We are going to talk about Thanksgiving. This is going to be the Thanksgiving Day episode, but let's unpack your journey a little bit before we talk about Thanksgiving. You originally went to the Fashion Institute of Technology. What was the trigger that made you switch from fashion to cooking? That's a great question. Um, You know, my whole life, I really, I felt like fashion is the only thing for me. I'm going to go to fashion school. This is what I'm going to do. And of course, you know, start interning, going to classes and... Yeah, I mean, the fashion industry is 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 kind of what you would think it is. And I had this internship at a trend forecasting company, and we were in a meeting, and they were talking about the color orange, and how orange was really groundbreaking. Um, it was like very Devil Wears Prada in real life, and I was having this like total internal panic, like. I can't do this for the rest of my life. And I was simultaneously reading Ruth Reichel's book, Garlic and Sapphires. And it was it was the first time that I, I was kind of introduced to food media as a career. And I was like, fuck fashion. I want to be a food writer. <laughs> and so I, I applied for an internship at Eater for my senior year of college and got it. And that was really my first foray into the food world. There's a gap between being a home cook and a professional chef. So how much of a learning curve was that transition between those two things? That's a great question. So my first job out of college was at Tasting Table, and I was the editorial assistant in the test kitchen. So writing and testing recipes. And, you know, I, I was like, I'm a proficient home cook. And very quickly learned that there is a big difference and made a decision uh, about a month in that if food was going to be my career, I needed to go to culinary school. So I actually, um, you know, I don't think you have to go to culinary school, but it's either working in restaurants, going to school. And I wanted to, I wanted to really have a holistic view of cooking and food and know what I was talking about. So you were a part of a series that honestly helped my cooking, Tasty 101. So what was the feedback from viewers who learned how to cook from your videos? 
You know, the feedback has been so positive. It definitely wasn't like the the most popular show on Tasty, you know, much to my chagrin, but the people that love it really love it. And and I think for myself, it's just so fun getting to test something so many times and like really find out what makes a recipe work, what's worth it, what's not. One of my favorite episodes was um, a pancake one. And at the end of it, I like and add an egg white, which makes them super fluffy, but you don't beat it. And I had tested so many different ways and... And I was like, oh, these really are the fluffiest pancakes I've ever had. I've had people come up to me on the street and be like, thank you for that pancake recipe. It's so, it's, it's so gratifying. I mean, I, you know, for me, people actually making the recipes and cooking and learning something is like the most gratifying thing I could imagine. Speaking of those pancakes, I swear to God, that's the recipe I use to this day to, to make, make my, my pancakes. pancakes. That's like, amazing. No joke. Like, and they're literally the fluffiest pancakes I've ever had. You know, like, right. I've tried so many different recipes and that one is, I swear to God, is the one that is my go-to. Oh my God. Two weeks worth of pancake testing went into those. <laughs> Lots of pancakes. I'm, so just, I'm pancakes. sure. <laughs> The, the office was very happy. I was like covered in butter for two weeks and was like, okay, we got to wrap this up. <laughs> Tasty became one of the biggest online food spaces. What did you take away from being a part of that team? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I had worked in, I've been working in uh, food media since I graduated and I've been at a few smaller places and really wanted to to learn and know like what making viral food content was like and, and how to really appeal to a mass audience. Um, and Tasty is just so smart about their approach. Um, and everything's really data-driven. They do so much testing. There's so much thought. You know, people watch a Tasty video and it's like, oh, it's two minutes long, easy. And it's like, there is so much work that goes into that. And I think that's another thing I really took away. You know, there's a lot of Tasty copycats. But the reason that Tasty is still on top is because they care about every single detail. Yeah, it was a really, it was a really wonderful experience. I mean, I, I learned, I really learned so much about appealing to the mass audience. And, you know, I, I think for myself, I don't totally fit in that, but it was really, it was, it was incredibly educational to, to learn how to. You were honestly one of my favorite personalities. Just learning how to cook from your videos. videos. You just made it so approachable. Just like, like, and like, you improved my knife skills. Of all things, you improved my knife skills. So (laughs) that's another video that I like send to people. I'm like, no, 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 start here. Like, this is what you need to do. Right. And it's so important to know the basics too, because some people don't even know where to start in the kitchen. If you've seen that show, Worst Cooks in America, they don't like, sometimes they don't even know how to boil water. I'm I'm like, just, just, I'll hold your hand. Just watch these videos. (laughs) Totally, totally, totally. Um, You know, I think it's honestly doing those videos has also like made me a better cook. Um, You know, just because you really have to think out every single step, every ingredient, all the processes. And when I'm writing recipes, Now, I also am thinking, like, could someone at home read this recipe and do this? Does this make sense? Is this accessible? And that's another thing that Tasty, I think, gave me. Was there a favorite series of yours that you were a part of while you were at Tasty? So, actually, this is after I left BuzzFeed full-time, but I did a series called Chef Out of Water, where I'm making three-course meals with 
random appliances. And, you know, that was, that was like one of the most fun things I've ever done, you know, making a three course meal in an easy bake oven or in a rice cooker over a campfire. It was, it was so fun. I got, I was, you know, I felt like I was getting to be really creative and getting to explore that in a way that, you know, at home, I'm obviously not going to, you know, use a panini press to make a three course meal. Right, Um, right, right. But there's something about, there's something about when I get, (laughs) there's something about what, there's something that happens when I'm with like a weird appliance and there's like something that clicks. I can't, I I can't really explain it. People are like, how did you come up with these ideas? And I'm like, I have honestly no clue. It's like sometimes at three in the morning, like a burst of inspiration, I'll be like, I could do this. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen the one where you, I think you used, uh. A clothing iron, I believe. And oh my God, I would not even know where to start. I'd be like, do you want a grilled cheese sandwich? Yeah, Maybe yeah, start. There was another show, which, which never turned into a series, but there was a few episodes called The Tastiest. And that was in like 2017. And it was myself and and two friends, uh, Nick and Mike. And we would go to three restaurants and each each try to say like, my pizza restaurant is the best or whatever it was. Um, honestly, there's, there's been a lot of really fun shows at Tasty. And something that you were a part of at Tasty, you got to do branded content, which I'm not familiar with. I think it's something fairly new in the, the food online space. So tell me about getting to work in that area of branded content. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I'm still learning about actively, but... It's really interesting, and I actually I have a lot of respect for um, for for teams that work on branded content, just because you know you want it to feel representative of the person and of the brand. You know, if it if it feels too much like an ad, then people aren't going to be interested in it. Um, I did something with MasterChef in May, which which was which was like a promo for their season, but it still felt like me and felt like really funny. And so I, I think I think it's I, I think with branded content, it's just about even if it's an ad, even if it's something paid, trying to stay authentic to who you are and your voice and your aesthetic. We're gonna switch gears and we're gonna talk about Thanksgiving because this is the Thanksgiving episode. Woo, so Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> so Thanksgiving marks the beginning of the holiday season. Paint me a picture of the Demoshnik family Thanksgiving. Well, great question. Um, not traditional. My so my mom's Dutch. My dad's French. Um, so they didn't have Thanksgiving growing up. I think my mom, when she first moved to America in her twenties and hosted a Thanksgiving, she made a goose and, and, you know, all her American friends were like, this is sacrilege. Where's the turkey? Um, all that to be said, we now have turkey, but we usually celebrate with, with a huge group of friends and my mom and her best friend, at least growing up now, I, well, I'll come back to that. My mom and her best friend throw this huge, huge elaborate dinner with many courses. And my mom's usually making like, you know, we'll have ceviche as an appetizer to start. One year, she made me carve like 25 mini pumpkins to serve like some squash soup in it. And people are like, why are you like this? And I'm like, this is why I'm like this, like my mother. Um, so yeah, it's it's never it's never traditional. And when people are like, what's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? I'm like, we kind of change it up every year. But yeah, but to me, Thanksgiving is more so just like a really fun party with 
a lot of great food and people that I love. Like that's it, it's more it's more of that to me than like oh good turkey. Right, exactly. I, I'm the same way. You know what's funny is that um, at my household, we kind of shifted from the traditional American Thanksgiving feast to the more Asian route. Instead of turkey this year, let's just like cook a like roasted duck. That like, let's do so that. Much better though. Like, to me, I'm like, yeah, I want the duck. <laughs> roasted duck with steam buns oh, and right, fried right. rice Wait, and that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll do a swap. We'll do a swap. I'll go to your Thanksgiving. You go to mine. We'll do. A, we'll do. Well, it's like that wife swap thing. Except a food yes. swap thing. Oh my God. I'll come I to your house. You come. Went on wife swap. What you went? <laughs> <laughs> I will say that you know thing. That was my Thanksgiving of my youth. But I've lived mm-hmm. in Los Angeles for six years now, and right. I've been doing friendsgivings, and right. that's really fun too. So usually we'll have like a big. Thanksgiving, everyone brings stuff and then go to Palm Springs for a few days after, which is honestly like the best Thanksgiving tradition I have found yet. (laughs) And like you bring all the leftovers and are eating like pie by the pool for three days. It's amazing. Oh, that sounds heavenly. (laughs) If you could create the perfect Thanksgiving feast, you kind of went into a little bit. What would you have as the appetizer, main course and dessert? Ooh, okay. I I mean, honestly, I'm with my mother in this way that like I love a fishy appetizer and like something light and bright and like maybe there's like, <laughs> this sounds so not traditional, maybe there's like a poached shrimp with some avocado and like some bright punchy dressing, something that you're going to kind of, you're cleansing your palate, it's exciting, it's flavorful, but it's not really stuffing you up main course honestly I could care less about turkey like maybe maybe it's doing like personal Cornish game hens oh I love that I love that so much cooler right (laughs) and mashed potatoes always great tasty 101 on mashed potatoes if you haven't made it you should try them they're the best um yeah maybe in like like creamed pearl onions sound really good Mm. maybe some like i don't know all the heavy stuff doesn't really appeal to me i'm like yeah you could do green beans but like maybe with like toasted pistachios and maybe there's some like and like candied lemon or something that sounds exciting to brighten it up yeah because i feel like it's so heavy like like right (laughs) why i didn't grow up eating rolls at thanksgiving but the last few years i've been making uh, milk buns and i will say that 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 feels like a pretty crucial staple i think for dessert like a maple mousse with like a praline that sounds amazing that sounds like delicious festive not too heavy i that the thing about thanksgiving is like there's like 15 pies, no one eats any of it, but like imagine just like a beautiful little maple mousse. That sounds so good. Oh, oh, my, you, god. oh my god. I could <laughs> I could go for that right now. Oh Wait, my gosh. <laughs> What's the funniest Thanksgiving memory you've ever had? Oh my god. Funniest Thanksgiving memory. I'm like, have I had funny Thanksgiving memories? I feel like there's usually like a lot of wine and everyone's like really happy. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I, I don't know if this is like so funny, but you know how sometimes you go around the table, like people go around the table and say what they're thankful for. 
mm-hmm. which I personally really love and make everyone do every year. But when I was a teenager still, I remember I was like really shy at the time and made an announcement like, okay, all 25 older family friends, like now we're going to do this. And I think like everyone at the time, like kind of teased me for it. But by the time we got around <laughs> the table, they were all like, oh, that was actually really like sweet to do. That's not Aww. a funny memory. It's a sweet memory. No, that's, uh, I was going to say heartwarming, but yeah, that, that's wonderful. Cause I honestly, that's like one of my favorite things too. It's just kind of reflecting what you're thankful for. I mean, that's what the day is reserved for. I actually make my friends do it. Um, we like peaches and pits, high or low, like roses and thorns. I make them do it at like most dinner parties, <laughs> but Thanksgiving is crucial. What is on your dinner party playlist? What do you have going in in the background whenever you're hosting a dinner party? I mean, I think the music for a dinner party is so crucial. You know, obviously, if you can make have the time to make a playlist, you know, at the beginning of the night, maybe you want something a little more mellow, like people are just getting there. Maybe they're just having a drink, starting to chat. And then for dinner, you don't want anything like too loud or too poppy or anything like that. I would be like Otis Redding all the time easy everyone loves it oldies you can't go wrong and then after dinner like turn it up like maybe we have robin after dinner and we're dancing in the living room barefoot with like a few bottles of wine yes that's that like a good perfect. yes that sounds a perfect playlist <laughs> thanksgiving is very food oriented but what's an activity aside from food that makes thanksgiving special I mean, I think honestly now is this going to Palm Springs tradition. It feels like such a fun, it's so fun to spend two days cooking and, you know, just focusing on food and then having like three or four days by the pool or going on hikes and just like being really relaxed. It's not how I grew up, but I want to keep doing it for the rest of my life. Something that you mentioned is that you you do a lot of uh, Friendsgivings, and I know a lot of people can't make it home for the holidays or they're not able to be around loved ones. So what would your advice be to someone who's in that position? I mean, I think for people, I mean, I think a lot of people have like a favorite Thanksgiving dish. I think I'm maybe an anomaly there. Um, And I would say like, if you're going to a Friendsgiving, bring what you love, like bring a little bit of your traditions to a new spot. And if you don't get to be with a big group or you're alone, like you can still like, what's a meal that you really love by yourself? And it doesn't have to be traditional. Like if you want, if you want dim sum, go get dim sum. If you want, if you want carnitas, like have that, like whatever I think, whatever makes you feel at home, satiated, excited, that's what you should have. What's an act of kindness that you received this year that stood out? I have I I feel overwhelmed with how much kindness I've received this year. I went freelance. I've gone freelance for the first time. And that's a big, scary leap. And honestly, just like everyone around me, family, friends, people that I don't even know have been so encouraging and so supportive and just offering, not just offering support, but like if there's anything I can do, if I can connect you, if you want to talk about this, if you want to bounce back ideas, I just, I feel really grateful for how enthusiastic and supportive people have been. And it's also a reminder that, you know, to pay it forward. You know, I want to, I want to do the same for people. 
That's that's wonderful because I know a lot of people who would be scared to take that kind of a risk, to take that kind of a leap. But then if you surround yourself with supportive people, that risk could be a little bit easier. Like you kind of have like a little crash mat. Totally. It, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I really feel, I mean, this, you know, I was like, well, if I'm like destitute and like lose everything, like I can move in with a friend, whatever. Like that's not going to happen. I'm fine. But <laughs> I really, I just do feel so grateful to have so many people in my corner. If you could gift all humans one thing, what would it be? Oh my God. This maybe sounds like too hippy dippy or like too LA woo woo, but, and this is something I struggle with all the time. And I think, you know, we, as humans struggle with, but like if, if we could all feel like a sense of inner peace, not world peace, but like inner peace, I think that's a really, you know, something I struggle with and, um, God, it would solve so many problems. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my God. Yes. Cause I think that's like the journey we're all on is just figuring it out ourselves. Cause I know people, yeah. Like I know people, they focus so much attention on others that they forget to like have that journey within themselves. And so that's a, that's a wonderful gift to choose for the world. When was the last time that you got hit with a big sense of gratitude? Um, oh my gosh. I mean, it's literally happening every single day right now, but what's a good one. Um, I mean, I, a big sense of gratitude. There's, there's so many, um, I mean, I think, so I left my job and then I took a month long vacation, which is maybe the most indulgent thing I've ever done. And I felt, I just felt so grateful the entire time that I was able to take this trip, that I was able to take this time for myself that again, all my family and friends were so supportive of it. Um, and it really helped me get to honestly, this kind of sense of peace. Um, and then I felt really kind of rejuvenated and I, I, I just feel I, I, that was something that's happened this year where I was like, I'm really great. I just, this is, I'm in such a unique position and I'm so grateful that I was able to do this. Do you mind if I ask you where your vacation was or oh, like, of course. It's all, it was all over Instagram. People can see. Yeah. I went to, um, I was in Europe for about three and a half weeks. I went to see some family in Holland. I was in Paris and Provence and then also a Spain portion. So in Madrid and Barcelona and then Mallorca. So it was, it was really just, you know, something that I've always kind of dreamed of doing like a summer in Europe. How, how luxurious. And it really was. And I, I just, I, I just feel so, I, I feel so grateful that I'm able to see the world like this. What would you want to manifest for your 2020? Ooh, 2020 has a lot of really exciting things on the docket. I mean, um, you know, I think 2020 is going to be all about a cookbook. Ooh. So, oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's so much from, if I could say manifesting or like it's happening, but uh, yeah, 2020, year of the cookbook. Year of, of, of the my co- own cookbook, I should say. 
Oh, that's so exciting because I know that this is like a huge thing for people who are in the culinary arts to have their name published on a cookbook. That's their staple and people are going to purchase it, take it in their home, cook in their kitchen. Like that's something so huge. Congratulations, girl. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If you could invite anybody to your Thanksgiving, dead or alive, who would you invite? Oh my God. I would invite Ruth Reichel, who was the woman who first inspired me to get into food. I met her once. You know, like celebrities, I don't really care generally, but I met her and had a total meltdown. I started tearing up. I couldn't speak. I was like paralyzed. And I just read her last book, Save Me the Plums. And it was, I mean, just, I just fell in love with her all over again. And if I could have, if I could host Ruth and like have a conversation, I just... Honestly, I'm like getting, I feel nervous just saying that out loud. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Imagine like her just casually coming over and you're like, I'm just going to cook for you. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, that would send me into like a tailspin. She's, she's, I mean, she really, it was really like the book that changed, a book that changed my life, changed the course of my career. Oh, wow. That is so wonderful. Oh, I love it. I love it. Alexis, it's been absolutely marvelous speaking with you. Where can people find you on social media or your website so they can connect with you after this interview? They can find me on Instagram. My handle is Alexis Deboshnik or on my website, alexisdeboshnik.com. Pretty straightforward. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. I loved Alexis's spirit and enthusiasm. Not only can you hear her excitement about food, but you can also sense her fervor for adventure, friends, and exploration. That's the kind of perspective we need, no matter where we are in life. If you enjoyed this episode or want to learn more about Alexis, visit the link in the show notes. Popner Lounge is executive produced by Steph Pham and V Co. V serves as the producer and creative director, and Steph Pham is the host and the show's editor. For all things Popner Lounge, visit our website, popnerlounge.com. Thanks for joining us for a conversation for creatives by creatives. We hope you tune in next time for Popner Lounge. I'm Steph Pham. Bye.